Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a safe place for everyone. No matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angeles Wise is our host. He firmly believes that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help you faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen and heal you and your faith. So, be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Today's uh, another great one. (laughs) I know they're all great ones, but this one's really interesting. Those of you who know me uh, know that my family and I are very interested and fascinated by the paranormal and supernatural. So how do you do that and combine your faith? How about Marian apparitions? Show of hands, how many of you have heard of Marian apparitions and how many of you believe in Marian apparitions? That's a very good question because I know a lot of us have heard of them, but do you believe in them? Well, today we're going to explore some of the many um, Marian apparition sightings, ones that have been Uh, approved by the Pope and the Vatican and others that have been approved by bishops. And we won't get into the the politics of all of that, uh, but we will be exploring these apparitions. So what is a Marian apparition? Marian apparitions are known as appearances of the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary, also known as Mary, the mother of God, Mary, mother of Jesus, the Theotokos, and on and on and on. Um, This is about Mary coming down from heaven to earth. These appearances are often paired with some type of message Our Lady wants to communicate, and depending on the nature of her visit, can be anywhere from one short appearance to several over the course of years. There's always at least one witness to the apparition, and it is not uncommon for the witness to later become a saint or holy figure within the church. First one that comes to mind for me is St. Bernadette. We did a show on St. Bernadette and and about her Marian apparitions and how it really affected her life, the lives of her family, the lives of her community. Um, yeah, it was it's quite quite a bit. These are moments when the Blessed Virgin Mary appears to us here on earth, letting us know that her prayers for us are being offered to God. For an apparition to be worthy of belief and devotion within the Catholic Church, it must be approved by the bishop of the area where the apparition took place. This approval assures the presence of God and the forces of heaven within the appearance and protects the community of the faithful from influences that may be contrary to the faith. 
Over the course of church history, there have been many reports and accusations of Marian apparitions. However, the 26 that have been approved as authentic and worthy of belief are spread all across the globe from Japan to Wisconsin to Egypt. So why are Marian apparitions important to our faith? Marian apparitions are another beautiful way Mary connects us to her son, Jesus Christ. While on earth, the Virgin Mary's ministry was completely dedicated to reflecting the love, joy, and peace that comes from following her son, and that ministry doesn't stop now that she has been assumed into heaven. Many saints have spoken about our Blessed Mother's ability to guide her children to her son, and Marian apparitions are one of the most intimate ways Mary helps us to find the Lord, meeting them both in heaven. So anyway, as if, if you couldn't tell already, this is going to be very Christian and actually very Catholic. So those of you who are other faiths, I hope you still stay tuned and listen, because regardless of your faith, these apparitions are very inspiring. Um, they're very uplifting and encouraging. And if you're into the paranormal, it's really awesome. Nicholas Labanca talks about this in his article, Five Messages from Marian Apparitions and Their Meaning, explaining, Our Lady wants nothing more than to lead us to her Son. This is why she is such a powerful intercessor. Let's reflect on these words of Our Lady and see how we can incorporate the request she makes in our own lives. Most importantly, let's continue to pray for the conversion of souls in the entire world. He goes on to say that as she is the mother of the whole church, we see over the course of history how she desires to communicate with her children, always at our Lord's direction as Christians. We should strongly consider these messages she has given to us. Mary, as the caring mother she is, wants nothing more than to guide her children into the arms of the Father and into the safeguard of salvation. And she does this through her appearances to the church militant on earth. As her faithful children, we must look to all church-approved apparitions and revelations as direct calls from Our Lady to go deeper into the faith and to use her advice to strengthen our relationship with not only her son, but with our brothers and sisters. So first we'll get into Vatican-recognized apparitions. When a, an apparition is recognized by the Vatican and the Holy See, it is only done so after the diocese bishop has investigated and approved the apparition. As explained earlier, in the section on how bishops decide to approve certain apparitions, the responsibility of approving any apparition on Revelation falls firstly on the diocese bishop and is investigated using the criteria of the Vatican published in 1974. And I'm sorry I don't I didn't read what it was expressing before on how they determine I didn't want to get into the politics of that. Um, I will have the full article, a link to it, in the show notes, as I always do. So you are all are welcome to check that out, especially those who are faithful Roman Catholics. 
I'm sure it would be interesting for you to study over. When the Vatican recognizes an apparition, it does not mean that the apparition is more important than a simply bishop-approved apparition. Rather, it confirms that there was enough evidence to confirm the apparition's merit and was easily able to move to the higher church officials. Regardless, the most well-known apparitions seem to be the ones that are recognized by the Vatican. So this article does a really great job of giving you a glimpse into each apparition. It gives you a list of information, and it will give you a brief um, summary of what transpired with the apparition. And then if you go to the link in the show notes, you can actually click on the individual appearances or apparitions and it will give you more information on them. So I highly recommend that for anyone that's wanting to dive deep into Marian apparitions. So the first Vatican-approved apparition, I guess these are in no particular order, is Our Lady of Guadalupe. Her feast day is December 12th. Location was in Guadalupe, Mexico. Number of apparitions, five. Witness was St. Juan Diego, first apparition was on December 9th, 1531, and the last apparition was on December 12th, 1531. This was approved in 1555 by Archbishop Alonso de Montufar. One of the most well-known apparitions among the faithful in the secular world, Our Lady of Guadalupe, occurred in the 16th century to a widower and now Saint Juan Diego. She met him on Mount Tepeyac, <laughs> T-E-P-E-Y-A-C-A-C, Tepeyac, whatever, all right. Okay, <laughs> I won't get that one right. Instructing him to get the bishop to build a church upon that mountain. To do this, she instructed Juan Diego to go pick a batch of flowers that were nearby, carry them in his tilma, a type of outer garment or cloak typical to that time, and deliver them to the bishop. When Juan Diego got to the bishop and revealed the flowers, the bishop knew a miracle had taken place. Not only had Juan Diego delivered flowers, that were out of season, but his cloak was imprinted with a beautiful image of what we know today as Our Lady of Guadalupe. The bishop agreed to build a church in honor of the apparition, and it has become a very popular place of pilgrimage for people across the world. So not only did the Theotokos appear to Juan Diego, who's now St. Juan Diego, um, but she also put an image on his cloak of herself. Um, you can Google the image of Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and see the image. It's a very well-known image. Um, scientists have analyzed the cloak and have done testing on the... Um, colors and stuff used 
to on the image in the colors, the dye, the ink, whatever it is, does not match anything of our world. We have nothing that would make that impression or color or, you know, whatever it is, is otherworldly. It's definitely paranormal, which is really cool. And then <laughs> he takes flowers to the bishop that are out of season. So there's another miracle there as well. And as I said, there's links on each of these. If any of you want to dive deeper into each one of these. So that was Our Lady of Guadalupe. Really, really cool. And I apologize in advance, folks. These are tongue twisters. And uh, <laughs> since these are from so many different countries and different dialects, I know I'm going to just slaughter them. So I am apologizing profusely now. So please just bear with me. Again, a link to this great article is in the show notes. So feel free to check that out and, uh, and get more details. Next is Our Lady of La Salette, or Salette, S-A-L-E-T-T-E. Feast day is September 19th, location La Salette, France. Number of apparitions, one. Witnesses were Maximin Gerard and Melanie Matthew. Date was on September 19th, 1846. This was approved by Monsignor de Brouillard on November 16th, 1851. Our Lady of La Salette appeared only once, unlike many other Marian apparitions, taking place in 19th century France. It occurred when two children, Maximum and Melanie, were tending to their sheep. They stumbled upon a woman sitting with her face in her hands, crying. She spoke to the children about her desire for the conversion of sinners and how displeased her son was with the sins that are committed against him. Her message to the children was to keep the Sabbath day holy by refraining from work and calling them to respect the holy name of Jesus. Pope St. John Paul II reflected on Our Lady on her feast day, saying, La Salette is a message of hope, for our hope is nourished by the intercession of her who is the mother of mankind. Next is Our Lady of the Golden Heart. Feast day is August 22nd, Location, Barang, Belgium. Number of apparitions, 33. She appeared 33 times. Holy moly. Witnessed by Fernando Voisin, Andre de Gimbre, Berthe Voisin, Albert Voisin, and Gilbert de Gimbre. First apparition was on November 29th, 1932. And the last apparition was January 3rd, 1932. 33. This was approved by André-Marie Cheroux, Bishop of Namur, on July 2nd, 1949. July 2nd. <laughs> it's my wife's birthday. Awesome. Our Lady of Boranying. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, folks. Also known as the Virgin of the Golden Heart. There we go. That's much better. Appeared 33 times to five children on a playground 
in the 1930s. She encouraged the children to pray, pray, pray for the conversion of sinners and also desired a chapel to be built at the site for people to go on pilgrimage. Our Lady spoke of herself as the Immaculate Conception and on her 33rd visit to the children, she revealed to them her golden heart. Her feast day is celebrated on the traditional date of the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Next is Our Lady of Knock. Feast day, August 21st. Location, Knock, Ireland. Number of apparitions, one. Witnesses, 15. The date of the appearance was on August 21st, 1879, and it was approved in 1936 by Archbishop of Tuam, Dr. Thomas Patrick Gilmartin. This apparition is particularly interesting for many reasons. Not only was Mary present, but to other saints as well. In 1879, 15 people saw an altar with a cross hanging above it. Upon the altar was a Pascha lamb, and next to the altar was St. John, the evangelist, St. Joseph, and Mary. The apparitions occurred for two hours, and the saints did not speak a single word. The 15 witnesses on site stayed to pray the rosary as the apparitions remained. There was even a storm during the apparition. However, the area that held Mary, Joseph, St. John, and the altar stayed completely dry. <laughs> That's so cool. That's very fascinating. Next is Our Lady of Fatima. Feast day, May 13th. Location, Fatima, Portugal. Number of apparitions, six. Witnesses, Lucia dos Santos, Janita Marto, and Francisca Marto. First apparition was May 13th, 1917. And the last apparition was October 13th, 1917. This was approved on October 13th, 1930 by Dom Jose Alves Correa da Silva, Bishop of the Diocese of Lorea Fatima. Maybe the most well-known of all Marian apparitions, Our Lady of Fatima, appeared to three children, Lucia, Francisco, and Juanita, or Juanita, in early 20th century Portugal. Among many other messages, Our Lady identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary, urging the children to pray the rosary frequently for the conversion of sinners and for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. Many have written about Our Lady of Fatima, and over 70,000 people were witness to her at her last appearance, describing what they saw as dancing of the sun, leading to many conversions. Next is one of my favorite, Our Lady of Lourdes. Feast day, February 11th, location, Lourdes, France. Number of apparitions, 18. Witness, St. Bernadette Subarus. First apparition was on February 11th, 1858. Last apparition was on July 16th, 1858. Approved January 18th, 1862 by Bertrand Sever Laurence, Bishop of Tarvis. Our Lady of Lourdes appeared 18 times to St. Bernadette in a small grotto in France. 
she revealed herself as an immaculate conception and encouraged St. Bernadette to dedicate prayer and penance to the conversion of sinners. Over the course of the apparitions, Our Lady taught St. Bernadette a secret prayer that she recited until the day she died. Three wonderful secrets that have never been revealed and instructed her to bathe in and drink from the fountain on site. Since there was no fountain present, St. Bernadette dug into the gravel, revealing a pond. The stream has since then become a source of healing for many who visit the grotto. They also have a live camera on YouTube on the grotto. It's 24-7, always there, and you can see masses during the day um, at the grotto, as well as look at it at night to see if you see any apparitions there. It's really neat. It's also fun to do. Uh, Also, if you want to pray the rosary while you're watching um, video of the grotto live, that's awesome to do as well. I mean, it's the next best thing to being able to make the pilgrimage there. But the water from the grotto is said to be very healing. Um, When I did that show, I noted that and expressed um, how many, many, many thousands of people uh, have professed to have been healed by the waters of Lourdes. And, you know, there's also a place uh, in New York that makes pilgrimages to Lourdes and, you know, gathers the water and they actually distribute it for free. They'll give you two, they'll send you two bottles, small bottles of the water um, in the mail for absolutely free. And I'll try to locate um, information on that and put that in the show notes so you all can partake of that. I highly recommend it. It's great to do, especially for anointing, for anyone who anoints the sick. Uh, If you have anyone that's ill in your family or just to have on hand for house blessings or anything of that nature. Next is Virgin of the Poor, feast day, May 31st, location, Bonneau, Belgium, number of apparitions, eight, witness, Mariette Becco. First apparition was on January 15th, 1933, and the last apparition was in March 2nd of 1933. This apparition, or these apparitions, have been approved on March 19th, 1942, in August 22, 1949, by Bishop Monsignor Luis Joseph Kirkhoffs of Liege. In a garden behind Mariette Becco's family home, Mary appeared eight times to Mariette, who was 11 at the time. She identified herself as the Virgin of the Poor and promised to intercede for the poor and suffering. The apparition happened just 50 miles away from the apparition of Our Lady of Barang, leading many to think that Mariette was simply copying the accounts of Barang, and however, Our Lady continued to appear to her, encouraging her to pray very much and to believe in her. The little chapel was built on the site shortly after the apparitions. Next is Our Lady of Happy Meetings, feast day, September 27th, location, Los France, number of apparitions, many, over 54 years, holy moly, witness Bona Benedicta Renucro, 
first apparition was in 1664, and the last apparition was in 1718. Approved on May 4, 2008, by Bishop Jean-Michel de Falco of the Diocese of Gop. Our Lady of Laos, also known as Our Lady of Happy Meetings, first appeared in Benoit when she was 17 and continued to visit her throughout her life. Over the course of these apparitions, Our Lady asked for a house to be built for priests with the aim of drawing people into greater conversion, especially through the sacrament of penance. The site is heavily populated with tourists each year, attracting 120,000 people on pilgrimage annually. There have also been many healings on site as well, especially through instructions Our Lady gave to Benoit, placing oil from a lamp on wounds. Wow, that's fascinating. 54 years of apparitions. Next is Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. This one's also very famous for the uh, medal that was made after this. On November 27th is the feast day, location Rue du Bac, Paris, France. Number of apparitions, two. Witness St. Catherine Labora. First apparition was July 18th, 1830. Last apparition was November 27th, 1830. Approved on July 13th, 1836 by Archbishop Hyacinth Louis de Cologne of Paris. Our Lady appeared to St. Catherine twice in the year 1830. The first time, Catherine was woken up by a shining child at her bed and told that Our Lady was waiting for her in the chapel. Catherine went to the chapel and observed at first that it was empty. But then, after hearing what she thought to be the rushing, a rustling excuse me, of silk, Mary appeared, and Catherine rushed to her side. The two talked for hours, Mary revealing to her that troubling times were ahead for France, and that the Lord wants to bestow a great task unto her. Mary appeared several months later, urging Catherine to keep the apparitions a secret to all except her confessor and commissioned her to have a medal made now known as the miraculous medal the medal has since then been made and distributed over a billion times all across the world and i don't know how many of you out there subscribe to uh, miraculous medals or medals of any it's a thing in the roman catholic faith these little bitty uh, pieces of metal that are stamped out with like an impression of a saint on there or Mary or the Holy Spirit or Jesus or, you know, anything symbolically holy. And the miraculous metal is really powerful. I mean, I've got one. My wife has one. I mean, I've got several of the different metals and I highly recommend metals. Um, they say that when you get them, you should take them to a priest and have them blessed. But I mean, if you can do that, great. But if not, then you can just bless them yourself. And if you're interested in how to do that, just contact me and I will email you a short prayer uh, that you can pray over the medals to bless them. But to me, they're already blessed because of what they represent in the image on them. And I know a lot of people don't get into the medals because they believe it's, you know, engraven images, which goes against the, you know, um, Ten Commandments and, and all of that. But for those who do, 
you know, knock yourself out. I highly recommend them. They, they are powerful. I've, I've used them many, many times and always do. Next is Our Lady of Hope. Feast day, January 17th. Location, Pontmain, France. Number of apparitions, one. Witnesses, Eugene Barbadette, Francois Richer, Jean-Marie Labosse, and Eugene Fritteau. Date, January 17th, 1871, and approved February 2nd, 1872, by Casimir Alexis Joseph Wicart, Bishop of Laval. During the Franco-Prussian War, Mary appeared to four children on the playground of a convent school in Pontmain, France. The first child to see her was Eugene, and when he tried to point the attention of the adults around him to the direction of Our Lady, none reported seeing her. This is common. However, the other three children around him all reported seeing her, leading a nun nearby to guide everyone in prayer. Our Lady spoke no words to the children, but at her feet there was a banner that read, But pray, my children, God will hear you in a short time. My son allows himself to be moved by compassion. On the same day, it is said that the Prussians halted their advance into France when the Prussian commander reported that invisible Madonna barring the way. Just a few months later, a peace treaty was signed between France and Prussia, and the bishop declared that Mary had truly appeared to the four children. So some might say, why and how does she just appear to children? I don't think it's that she just appears to children. I strongly believe, and also in the paranormal community, it is believed that children are more receptive and more open to the paranormal. So um, they're pretty much clean slates. They haven't been um, bombarded yet by all of the worldly garbage that as adults we have gone through from childhood to adult and continue to go through. So they're not clouded at all and they, they're very pure of heart so they can see and feel and sense things that most of us can't. The same thing happened with St. Bernadette is that you know she could see the Mary apparition but no one else could and that led to a whole big Oh, mess of worms for poor St. Bernadette. And again, check out that um, show on St. Bernadette if you want to, because it was it was really good and really gets into all that poor St. Bernadette had to endure uh, just from coming forward about the apparition. Next is Our Lady Hope of Christians. Feast day, January 13th. Location, Philippusdorf, Czech Republic. Number of apparitions, one. Witness, Magdalene Cadi. Date, January 13th, 1866. Approved in 1885 by Pope Leo XIII. Our Lady, help of Christians, proves true to her name, appearing to her to heal Magdalene Cadi in 1866, along with healing close to a dozen others shortly after. Magdalene was bedridden due to many illnesses and had a friend who would stay and watch over her. One night around 4 a.m., the Virgin Mary appeared to her, and Magdalene, hardly able to speak before seeing Our Lady, cried out in joy, Look at that shine. Look at that beauty. Her friend, 
her friends, excuse me, staying with her, could not see anything. But Mary, clothed in white and wearing a golden crown, looked at Magdalene and said, My daughter, now you are healed, and disappeared. Magdalene was able to immediately jump up and was completely healed. Next is Our Lady of Geitzwald. Feast day, June 27th, location Geitzwald, Poland. Number of apparitions, nine. Witnesses, Justnia Swawinska and Barbara Samulowska. First apparition, June 27th, 1877. And the last apparition was September 16th, 1877. Approved in 1878 by Bishop Philippe Kremenz. Our Lady's message in Geitzwald, Poland, was very similar to that given at Fatima. Forty years after, Mary appeared to two girls, Justinia and Barbara, as they were preparing for their first communion. The girls found her sitting on a throne, holding the infant Jesus under a maple tree in front of the church. When the girls asked Our Lady who she was, she responded, I am the Blessed Virgin Mary of the Immaculate Conception. And I told the girls to recite the rosary daily, or excuse me, and she told the girls to recite the rosary daily. The girls spoke to their parish priest, and a, as word spread, a movement of praying the rosary daily spread as well. And the area remains a popular place of pilgrimage. And that's something, I, I'm sorry I keep referring back to St. Bernadette, but that was something that she, that, that the Theotokos said as well to St. Bernadette when she appeared, because St. Bernadette was like, who are you, lovely? She called her the, the beautiful lady or the lovely lady. And she replied, I am the Immaculate Conception. And St. Bernadette was not very learned, so she didn't know what that meant. And it wasn't something, a term or terms that she knew. So that was one of the things that had that gave validity to what St. Bernadette was saying is because here she's using terminology that she's never heard before and doesn't know. So it's interesting that, you know, the Theotokos appears again to these children and says something similar to that. that you know, she's the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, of the Immaculate Conception. As we see in so many apparitions, she's always wanting people to, to pray, to convert uh, to confess their sins, um, and also to pray the rosary. And I don't know how many of you uh, prescribe or subscribe to praying the rosary, but it's something I highly recommend, even if you're not Roman Catholic. It is such a powerful tool. And it, every time I think of the rosary and how powerful it is, it always reminds me, I know, long-time listeners have heard this, and I'll make this quick, as this short story, uh, but when I did the... Um, St. Padre Pio episode back in season one. Wow, that's going back a bit, isn't it? Um, St. Padre Pio uh, called out to his assistant, who was a young novice monk, and said, go into my cell, which is his room, go to my cell and get my weapon off my dresser. And so the, the young monk goes and he goes into Padre Pio's room and all he sees is a rosary sitting on top of the dresser and he comes back with it and he hands it to uh, St. Padre Pio and says, all I could find was this rosary. I couldn't find a weapon. He goes, what did you think I was talking about? So <laughs> it just goes to show that saints like St. Padre Pio use that as a weapon against dark, you know, the darkness. 
And again, I don't know how many of you prescribe or subscribe to that or believe in that, but I highly recommend it, regardless of your faith, regardless of um, if you're Christian, if you're Catholic, if you're Roman Catholic, um, pray the rosary. Um, you can do your own prayers. Put your own prayers on there. Uh, it's a great way to do it. In the East, it's called a, it's called a mala, M-A-L-A. Um, in the Muslim tradition, it's called praying the beads. We've talked about this before in other shows. Um, in the uh, Orthodox, um, it's called a prayer rope or or chotki. So as you see, all faiths have different versions or forms of the rosary. So when I say rosary, you can use whatever uh, you you want to to use. And there there's infinite on the Internet. You can really dive deep and get lost in the hunt for beautiful rosaries and malas and chotkis and uh, beads. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really, really good. But most of all, it's very beneficial to your faith and to your practice and to your prayers. Next is Our Lady of Lazask, Lazask, L-E-Z-A-J-S-K, Poland. Number of apparitions, two. The witness was Thomas McAlec. First apparition was in 1578. Last apparition, 1570. They don't have a date down for that. Approved July 2nd, 1724, again, Haven's birthday, by Henrique Frelege, Bishop of Prismel, and crowned by Pope Benedict in September 8th, 1752. A humble and faithful woodcutter named Thomas Michalek received two visits from the Virgin Mary in the 16th century Poland. The first came when he was in the forest. Mary first being seen as a bright light, Mary asked Thomas to go to the area's priest and ask for a church to be built. However, Thomas was scared and what happened at what had happened and did nothing. Our Lady appeared to him again, asking him to take action. When Thomas went to the area's priest, he was not believed, and it wasn't until after the death of the parish priest that a chapel was finally built on site. Now, one thing we also have to keep in mind, always keep in mind, is the times of when these happened. Now, in 1578, people believed greatly in the paranormal. Um, you know, it wasn't like today where there's a lot of skeptics, a lot of naysayers, a lot of people that don't believe in it. Uh, back then, it was commonplace. And for someone not to believe someone, you know, which I guess is, is different. I mean, if you go run into a priest saying, hey, Mary appeared to me in a ball of light and said, build a church here. <laughs> yeah, they would probably think you've had a little bit too much to drink. But anyway, just to keep in mind the times back then, it was very uh, familiar, you know, and common for people to see apparitions and ghosts and things of that nature. And uh, unlike today, where, you know, no wonder we don't have as many uh, apparitions seen today is because a lot of people block that out. A lot of people aren't open to it. So, you know, when she appears, you're not going to see her unless you're open to that. Next is Our Lady of Saluva. Feast day, September 8th. Location, Saluva, Lithuania. Number of apparitions, many over four years. Witnesses, four children. First apparition was in 1608, and the last apparition was in 1612. Approved August 17th, 1775. 
by Pope Pius VI. The apparition of Our Lady of Saluva led to the conversion of an entire town from Calvinism to Catholic faith. On a summer day in 1608, Mary appeared to four young children who were tending a flock of sheep on the outskirts of the village, Saluva. She was standing on a rock, holding a baby and crying heavily. The town of Saluva had been turned over to the Calvinists in 1532, and gradually the whole village was conformed to Calvinist beliefs. However, the visit of Mary to the children were enough to turn the entire town back to the Catholic faith and abolish Calvinist rule in Saluva. Next is Our Lady of Zion, feast day, November 17th, location, Rome, Italy. Number of apparitions, one. Witness, Marie Alphonse Ratisbonne. Date, January 20th, 1842. Approved June 3rd, 1842 by the Vicar General of Pope Gregory XVI, Cardinal Patrizzi. Wow, that's pretty quick. January 20th, she appeared and June 3rd by that same year this was approved. The apparition of Our Lady of Zion has a strong connection to Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, which took place just 12 years prior. Marie Alfonso, an anti-Catholic Jewish man, started wearing a miraculous medal to please his new friend, a baron of the church. While waiting for the baron one day, he received a vision of the Blessed Virgin. He then converted to the Catholic faith, joined the priesthood, and started a ministry for the conversion of Jews. And no, if you just wear the, if you wear the miraculous medal, you don't have to convert your faith. You can, you can expand your horizons and your faith and still believe what you're believing as well as wear the miraculous medal. So I don't want anyone out there to be, uh, have a phobia of wearing a miraculous medal because they don't want to be Number one, converted to being a Catholic. And number two, having to go join the priesthood or sisterhood or starting their own ministry and converting other people. <laughs> so, no, I believe you are 100% safe with that because I firmly believe that God, the divine, again, whatever we want to label that, which can't be labeled, is in so many forms uh, it's, you know, the vine and branches, you know, the, the tree of life with branches, many, many branches, or as Father Mike Cantor says, all roads lead to Rome. So, and there's nothing wrong with expanding your faith by implementing other things. Now, I know some people are screaming at me now saying I'm a heretic and that's your beliefs and you're entitled to that. And I respect your beliefs, but I say nay, nay. Um, from my personal experience. So, you know, I don't ever have anything against, you know, someone that's not Jewish wearing a Star of David. I think that's great. If you believe in what that is and what that stands for, that's awesome that you're not only implementing that into your faith, but you're also showing support for said faith. Also, same thing as a miraculous medal or any other medal for any saint. You're not saying that I'm converted to that. You're just saying I support that saint or I support Mary, uh, you know, regardless of what your faith is or isn't. Next is Mother of the Word. Feast day, November 28th. Location, Cabejo, Rwanda. November, excuse me, number of apparitions, many over eight years. Witnesses, Alphonsine, Memorek, 
Natale Makamzimpaka and Marie Claire Mukagongo. First apparition was in November 28th, 1981. So this is very recent or fairly recent. Last apparition was November 28th, 1989. Approved June 29th, 2001 by Bishop Augustine Masaga of Ginkgo Guru. One of the most recent Marian apparitions, Our Lady of Cabejo, or Mother of the Word, appeared to three children in the early 1980s. She continued to visit the children throughout the decade, and the name she identified herself with, Mother of the Word, is said to be synonymous with that of the title, Mother of God. One of the things Our Lady expressed to the children was that whenever she appears to a certain place or a certain person, she is speaking not only to them, but to the whole world, and that the revelations and apparitions are to be applied to the entire community of the faithful. So next we get into bishop-approved Marian apparitions. So these are approved by bishops, but not the Vatican as of yet. So below, which we're getting into, are 10 Marian apparitions that have yet to be recognized by the Vatican, but have been approved for devotion by the Catholic Church. Remember, just because these apparitions haven't been recognized by the Holy See doesn't mean they're any less important. Check them out. Chances are you haven't heard of at least half of these amazing appearances. The first is Our Lady of Good Help, feast day, October 9th, location, Champion, Wisconsin, USA. Number of apparitions, three, witness Adelaide Bryce. First apparition was in October 9th, 1859, and last apparition was October 17th, 1859. Approved December 8th, 2010 by Bishop David L. Ricken of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Our Lady of Good Help's appearances to Adelaide Bryce in 1859 is the only officially approved Marian apparition in the United States. Mary appeared to Adelaide three times over the course of a year in the farmlands of what is now Champion, Wisconsin. Our Lady identified herself as Queen of Heaven completing the Marian mysteries that began one year prior by Our Lady of Lourdes as Mary revealed herself then as the Immaculate Conception. Additionally, Our Lady of Good Help encouraged Adelaide to dedicate her life to excuse me, evangelization using the Catechism. The shine of Our Lady of Good Help was just recently approved by Bishop Ricken in 2010 and is already a popular pilgrimage site to many Americans. And I had heard about this, I didn't know about it previously, but I had heard about this through my mother Elaine. She said that she had seen uh, something on TV or something about this or heard something about it and brought it to my attention and wanted me to include it in one of our shows. So here it is, Mom. <laughs> here is Adelaide's uh, visions that she saw of the Queen of Heaven, Our Lady of Good Help. Next is Our Lady of Good Success, feast day, February 2nd, location, Quito, Ecuador. Number of apparitions, four. Witness, Venerable Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres. First apparition, February 2nd, 1954. And last apparition, December 8th, 1634. 
approved February 2nd, 1611, by Bishop Salvador de Reber. Our Lady of Good Success appeared to the now venerable mother, Mariana de Jesus Torres, in the late 16th century. Her words were very prophetic, and she warned Mother Mariana about a decline of faith in the 20th century, especially among priests and other vocations. Other predictions that have proved true were the local events of Ecuador, as well as the blessed Pope Pius' declaration of the Marian dogma, the Immaculate Conception. In my oh my, was she ever true on the decline of faith in the 20th century, and especially with all of this stuff going on with priests and the, the whole thing with the priest scandal and sexual abuse and on and on and on, not to mention the church just pretty much chasing people away in groves. Um, but have no fear, folks. There are some great priests and ministers out there that are working very hard and very diligently to turn things around. How do we do that? Well, it's going to require that we create something new, like a hybrid of, say, Catholicism and Christianity. And it's not taking away from anything of Jesus. It's actually going back to Jesus. It's pretty much grassroots Christianity that is um, welcoming. It's all-inclusive. It doesn't turn anyone away. It loves everyone, regardless of your shape, size, color, uh, whatever you identify as, whoever you're married to, it does not matter. And I know to a lot of people this is quite controversial, but if you look around to all of the people, especially young adults and teens and children these days that are growing up with absolutely no faith, this is the perfect thing for them. Um, Father Mike Cantor is working very diligently to come up with something that is mainly online based, which I highly applaud. And I'm, I'm right by his side and doing everything I can in my lowly <laughs> minister way to help to make this uh, a reality. And I firmly believe that this is uh, from the divine. And I know there's someone out there that poo-poos on me every time I say that I feel like <laughs> the divine or I know that the divine is guiding something. And I, I firmly believe this is, is the divine wants us to get back to the grassroots. The divine wants us to get back to uh, meeting people where they are, loving people where they are, helping people where they are. And right now, everyone, literally everyone has smartphones. Um, my parents have smartphones and they're in their mid 70s. So everyone has smartphones, which that's the ultimate way to reach people now is to uh, to access people through media. Everybody's attached to their phones, attached to media. Uh, so why not? Why not have services online? If you're familiar with Life Church, we've talked about um, the pastor who started Life Church um, a couple, five, six, seven, eight episodes ago. We, we mentioned him. Um, that's was all founded online and it's now one of the biggest mega churches in the world because it it has no limits it has no bounds it's not confined to walls you know you don't have to go to the church the church comes to you just as Jesus did Jesus didn't set up shop somewhere and say hey if you're interested come to me he went to the people he spoke to the people 
He lived with the people. He was right there, arm in arm, hand in hand, foot to foot with each one of these people that he came into contact with. And we see how that affected people. You know, again, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I believe this is, is all relevant that, you know, this is what we need. We need to get back to being with people where they are because the church has become over the years, hundreds and thousands of years, has become so disconnected from the people. And I'm not pointing out any denomination or any church in particular. I'm just saying um, they've become so disconnected from people. And that's totally the opposite of what they're for. They are for the people. They are to love everyone, to embrace everyone, to help everyone. And it just hasn't been so for quite a long time. And it's chased off generations. And now we have generations coming up that have no faith at all. And they have no way of, and we've talked about this, I know, in many episodes. They have no way of dealing with just everyday life garbage, you know, to where someone that even has a basic faith is able to understand and, and work through things. Um, these young generations don't have that. So we need to turn things around. And like I said, believe me, we're working on that. There are people hard at work and trying to make this happen. But again, getting back to priests, we need more priests. We need more clergy. Um, there are bishops that, uh, that disagree with me vocally and very quite loudly on that, that we don't need more priests. Uh, however, I, I believe we do. You know, and bless those who are willing to be so selfless as to become a priest. You know, and I'm still studying to become a priest. And sometime when I someday when I grow up, <laughs> I'll be a priest. So anyway, just wanted to share that. Next, we have Our Lady of Eternal Aid. Location, Coran, Britannia, France. Number of apparitions, 15. Witness, Jean or Jean Cortel. First apparition was August 15th, 1652, and the last apparition was August 20th, excuse me, 1652. So within five days, there were 15 apparitions. Wow. Approved September 1652 by Archbishop Denis de la Barde of Saint-Briac. Jean Cortel, who was born deaf and without the ability to properly speak was tending to his family's or excuse me her family's sheep when she received her first apparition of the virgin mary upon appearing to her mary healed jean or jean of her infirmities and continued to visit her 14 times after that in addition to jean's miraculous healing further evidence of the apparitions was created when mary showed jean a hidden spot where an image of Our Lady of Eternal Aid was buried. The statue was left on the site, and immediately the bishop built a chapel there. The statue can now be seen at the chapel, and several other miraculous, excuse me, miracles have been reported due to the intercession of Our Lady of Eternal Aid. Super cool. I was not aware of that one. I'll have to look up the image and see what that one is. That, that sounds really neat. Next, we have Madanta of Matanaga. Feast day, May 26, Matanaga, excuse me, Italy. Number of apparitions, five. Witness, Dominica Targa. First apparition, May 14, 1729. Last apparition, May 26, 1730. 
approved August 11, 1894 by the Bishop of Trento. The Madonna of Montagnaga appeared to a simple shepherdess, Dominica Targa, in Italy during the 18th century, upon being frightened while saying the rosary with her cattle in the basin. Dominica cried out to Christ and Mary for help, and Mary appeared to her. She was wearing all white and held a rosary in her hand. Our Lady asked Dominica what she was doing, and when she responded that she was praying the rosary, Our Lady praised her and asked her to travel to the church of St. Anne on the solemnity of the Ascension, so that she may see her again. Dominica followed Mary's instructions and was visited by Our Lady four other times in front of countless witnesses urging them to pray for the conversion of sinners. Next is Our Lady of Sorrows, feast day, March 22nd, location, Castel Petrosa, Petroso, Italy. Number of apparitions, many. Witnesses, Fabiano Caccino and Serafina Giovanna Valentino. First apparition was March 22nd, 1888. Last apparition, June 1890. Approved 1889 by Monsignor Macaron pa- Palmere, Bishop of the Diocese of Bojano. The most well-recorded apparition of Our Lady of Sorrows came from two women in 1888 as they were going after a group of lost sheep. Fabiano and Serafina were traveling up a neighboring hill when they saw a bright light coming from within a cluster of rocks. After looking closer, they were astounded to find an image of Our Lady of Sorrows. They returned to the village crying, saying that she was a very beautiful woman, fair and young, with ratted hair, bleeding out of the wounds she received from the seven swords. That's the seven swords that go through her heart. As people began to pilgrimage to the site afterward, many reported seeing the Blessed Mother, sometimes as Our Lady of Sorrow and sometimes as the Pieta. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Pieta, the Pieta is the image or sculpture of Mary holding um, Jesus after he was brought down from the cross. Next is Our Lady of All Nations, location Amsterdam, Netherlands, number of apparitions 56. Witness, Ida Peterman. Wow, Ida, you got to see her 56 times. First apparition, March 25th, 1945. Last apparition, May 31st, 1959. Approved May 31st, 2002 by Monsignor Joseph Maranos, Pont of Harlem. Our Lady of All Nations appeared 56 times over the course of 14 years to Ida Peterman, an industrial office worker in Amsterdam. Our Lady entrusted her with a large set of prophecies as well as an image and prayer that we now know as the holy card of Our Lady of All Nations. The revelations Ida received from Our Lady included future events leading to declared Marian dogmas, especially the Immaculate Conception and Mary as Cordemprix and Meditrix and Advocates, Mary has also emphasized the importance of the Eucharist. 
Next is Reconciler of People and Nations, location Bentania, Venezuela. Number of apparitions, 31. Witness Maria Esperanza. First apparition, March 25th, 1976. Last apparition was January 5th of 1990. Approved November 21st, 1987 by Bishop Pio Bello Ricardo of Los Teques. The apparitions of the Reconciler of People and Nations wasn't too long ago, and the last one occurring in 1990. Our Lady appeared 31 times to Maria Esperanza, calling herself the Reconciler of People and Nations and warning of future war and suffering. On one occasion, as many as 108 people reported seeing the Blessed Mother, and many have visited the site, reporting several miracles and signs. Next is Our Lady of Akita in Akita, Japan. Number of apparitions, three. Witnessed by Sister Agnes Sasagawa. First apparition, July 6, 1973. Last apparition, October 13, 1973. The statue wept. 101 times from July 6, 1973 to September 5th, or excuse me, 15th, 1981. Wow. Approved April 22nd, 1984 by Most Reverend John Sojiro Ito, Bishop of Nagata. The apparitions of Our Lady of Akita is particularly interesting because unlike the other apparitions, Sister Agnes heard the Blessed Virgin's message through a wooden statue and not a traditional appearance. Sister Agnes had already been experiencing signs of supernatural works before the apparitions, seeing a bright light emerging from the tabernacle at her convent and receiving the stigmata in 1973. Much like the story of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, Sister Agnes was led to the statue by what is believed to be her guardian angel. And on three different occasions, the statue spoke to her about praying for the reparation of sins, following her superior's warning of great chastisement and the second coming. Along with these messages, countless miracles have been attributed to Our Lady of Akita, such as the healing of Sister Agnes's hearing, the sisters finding the statue bleeding from a wound in her hand, and the statue crying 101 times, over the course of eight years. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think we'll be doing a show on on Sister Agnes coming up very soon. Next is Our Lady of Cuapa. Location, Cuapa, Nicaragua. Number of apparitions, more than four. Witness Bernardo Martinez. First apparition was in April 15th, 1980. And the last apparition was October 13th, 1980. Approved in 1982 by Bishop Pablo Antonio Vega Mantella of Wapla and Bishop Bosco M. Vives Robella, Auxiliary Bishop of the Vicar General of the Archdiocese of Managua. The apparition of Our Lady of Cuapa was witnessed in the late 20th century by a church sacristan and future priest named Bernardo Martinez. Bernardo's first account of the supernatural appearance was from a statue of Our Lady in the church, which was glowing brightly. Shortly after, the Virgin Mary appeared to him, directly asking him to renew the first Saturday devotions and pray daily rosaries. With biblical citations, 
Frightened with fear of ridicule, Bernardo ignored the visit from Our Lady and avoided the sight in which she appeared. However, Mary appeared to him again and asked him for help, filling his heart with a peace that took away his fear of judgment from others. Our Lady spoke to him about the future of Nicaragua, and when appearing for the last time, she was not seen by the 50 people accompanying Bernardo due to their hardness of heart. This greatly saddened Our Lady, and she told Bernardo that she would not be appearing at the site anymore, but encouraged him to pray the rosary, turn from violence, and make peace. So this is kind of what I was alluding to before when I was talking about Father Mike and me and, and other you know, priests and ministers and pastors getting together and creating something like a hybrid. As we see, Mary appeared to um, Father Bernardo, who wasn't a priest at that time, and asked him to make changes and updates to prayers and practices. And, you know, he was terrified to do it because anybody that does that's definitely you're under the gun as soon as you even speak about it. You know, which I'm not new to that because I've been under the gun before and I'm sure I'm under the gun now because of this show. And that's fine to each their own. Uh, but anyway, just to show that, you know, how the divine does speak to people and through people and to people to do and guides them to do these things. Uh, just it's just. Truly, truly amazing. And last but certainly not least is Our Lady of the Rosary, location San Nicolas, Argentina. Number of apparitions, thousands witnessed. Gladys, or witness Gladys Coraga de Mota. First apparition, September 25th, 1983. And it's still ongoing, people. Ongoing. It hasn't stopped. Investigated April 1985 and approved May 22, 2016 by Monsignor Hector Sabatino Cardelli. What's interesting about the apparitions of Our Lady of the Rosary is not only that they were given initially to a woman with no formal knowledge of the Bible or theology, but that the apparitions are considered to be ongoing even today. Numerous healings have been attributed to this visit from Our Lady and Gladys, the woman whom Mary appeared to, received apparitions of Our Lady nearly daily for six years. There have been many discussions with the Holy See about the apparitions and their messages, but several bishops have found no reason to reject the apparitions, and the site has continued to produce positive fruits for the faithful. And just one more for honorable mention is Our Lady of Holy Spirit. And Our Lady of Holy Spirit was an apparition or apparitions that appeared very near to where I live. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's just one town over in uh, Cold Spring, Kentucky at St. Joseph Church, which is the church that I was raised in and grew up in and tried to go back to but didn't get to, which... That's in previous podcasts, won't get into that. But um, anyway, this lady named Sandy uh, had been receiving um, messages from Mary to go to St. Joe's Church. She went to St. Joe's Church and she's seen apparitions of Mary on the side of the building. Uh, this was in the news back in the days and this was back in 1992. Um, and then she went with a friend of hers who has a farm in Falmouth, Kentucky, which is probably about 20 minutes away from Cold Spring, Kentucky. And 
uh, was walking the farm with the gentleman and they were praying the rosary as they were walking. And um, Mary appeared to her and told her to build a chapel there and that the water from a well there was going to be sacred. And it is now a facility now that is a chapel that you can go and visit. I will have a link in the show notes for anybody in the Kentucky area uh, that wants to make the pilgrimage to Falmouth. If you live in this area, it's not very far. Um, Definitely something I recommend. And they recommend that if you go uh, on the designated times that you bring a container that you want to put the uh, sacred water in. They will let you take water. You just have to bring your jugs or uh, vials or whatever you want to put the blessed water in. And again, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So it's a very beautiful property. Uh, no, I haven't been down there yet, but you know, I hope to go sometime in the future, maybe in the spring, because we're heading to winter here very soon. It's getting cold quick. So if you've made it to this point, thank you very much, everyone, for hanging in there and getting through this. I know it was a rather lengthy show. But we haven't had a really long, long show in quite a long time. And, you know, I felt this was very pertinent to, you know, everything going on in the world today. And we could definitely use signs of hope and encouragement for our faith, regardless of what your faith is. You know, we we all need to be reassured that, you know, what we're doing is 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 not only helping, but it's, it's powerful and it's changing lives and helping people, you know, and you can't go wrong as long as the core of your belief and your faith is love, love. If you have love, unconditional love for all beings, and I'm not just talking about people, I'm talking about all beings, then you can't go wrong. Again, grassroots, go back to what Jesus taught, you know, when they asked what, are the biggest commandments or the greatest commandments that we should follow, Jesus instantly replied without hesitation that we are to love the Lord our God, which you can call it the divine, you can call it whatever you want to call that which has no label, with all of our mind, all of our heart, and all of our soul. And to love our neighbor as ourself but remember it starts with you how can you love anyone if you don't love yourself and i hate to keep rupaul says it all the time how in the hell can you love anybody if you don't love yourself so start with you love yourself self-care folks we talk about it here all the time can't stress it enough and then let that love out share that love with the world share that love with all beings regardless of race, religion, culture, heritage, background, doesn't matter. We are all children of the divine. Even the little pupperoos are children of the divine. Birds, trees, everything is living is from the divine. Even the rock that's sitting there that you don't think is alive, there are minerals and atoms in that rock that are moving that are alive so not to mention the moss growing on the rock which i love mossy rocks anyway okay i'll i'll shut up here for now folks now let's get to our prayer requests this week's prayer request and updates are as follows 
Uh, we have mentioned Ray in the past couple weeks. He is uh, Haven and my brother-in-law. He is married to Haven's sister, Stephanie. Um, and we know that Ray does have lung cancer from the biopsy, but we do have more information we just received. Or say, Haven just received um, Friday. He does have uh, stage four advanced non-small cell lung cancer in his right lung. Uh, the mass is surrounded by too many blood vessels and a secondary airway for surgery. Uh, the bottom of his left lung is collapsed and filled with non-cancerous fluid. His blood oxygen level was at 70%, which is low, but considering that he's only working on three quarters of one lung, that's pretty good. Uh, they had planned on doing a focused radiation uh, on the right lung to um, clear his airway. Um, they took him down to radiology and the radiologist said there was, it's a no-go. He, there was no way he could do it. Um, in no way that Ray is in any shape or form to receive it. So without the radiology being done to clear his airway, they cannot uh, do any kind of chemo. So um, he is in a deteriorating condition. Um, last I heard, he was in fairly good spirits, uh, all things considered. Um, he is comfortable, uh, from what I understand, and we're just going to have to just pray. That's about all we can do, folks, is, is just pray. And we all know how miracles do happen uh, through prayer. Um, and that's what we'll pray for, for Ray, is that, you know, some, somehow, some way the divine comes through and, and finds a way to, to heal him. Uh, Ray, again, is married to Haven's sister, Stephanie. Uh, he has two sons and uh, four daughters and grandchildren. His uh, sons are Raymond and Kevin, and his daughters are Brandy, Sarah, Kate, and Chelsea, and the grandchildren as well, which we will all keep them all in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. And I'm sorry to be so detailed uh, with his um, prognosis, but I know those power prayers out there need as much and all information as possible to uh, properly channel their prayers and healing. So please, uh, if you could uh, do us this favor and, and pray for Ray for a miracle, we would be deeply indebted and appreciative. So we still have uh, people in need of prayers. Ariana, uh, Father Seamus, his mother Anne and brothers, uh, Bob, who has stage two follicular lymphoma, still needs our prayers. Uh, his wife, my mother Elaine, still in need of prayers. Uh, Lannan, excuse me, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen. Uh, Megan has a growth on the side of her neck that has to be checked out. Gwen has to have some stuff done at the doctors as well. So let's please keep them in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Octavia, Clyde. Mike S., Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie Cantor, Emma, and Jean. And let me see here. I believe I missed one. Yes, Cheryl. We need to add Cheryl. Cheryl, I mentioned last week, um, who has all kinds of different uh, mental illness and issues. Uh, Haven just saw her um, last Sunday and um, was able to help. Cheryl out because you know Cheryl talks to many people and sees many things and she gets quite upset and frustrated especially with those in the realm that we can see uh, when we don't understand what she's seeing or going through so Haven is always quick to jump in 
and offer help to Cheryl. And Cheryl's always very receptive and loving to Haven. So let's please keep all of these people in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. And if you are in need of prayers, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of this show and every show. I love to pray, and everyone that listens to the show loves to pray, so let us pray for you. So for our benediction in closing, I could think of no other prayer better than the Hail Mary, um, since this was an episode on Mary and apparitions. Um, I do change things around a little bit. I should say change one thing around. I omit uh, pray for us sinners, uh, because I so see and not just myself, but so many people that it has been beaten into us for way too long that all we are is sinners and that there's nothing good and there's nothing positive. Now, we all should know that is the opposite and quite contrary. Uh, but when you have it religiously beat into you um, and ingrained in you and it becomes conditioned in you, uh, it's hard to get those roots in that out of you. So I omit uh, pray for us sinners. You'll hear as I uh, say the prayer um, and feel free to say the full prayer as you normally would if that does not bother you. In nomine Divi Filii Spiritus Sancti. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society, and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please, contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email angel directly at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in angels' heart and prayers. Bless you.